You said your sister-in-law killed a man and a woman here and cut them up? You said they found hands and feet, but they never found any heads. And we're in Chicago. Hi. Hello. What's up? I'm looking out the window. Holly is not looking out the window. So that could be a little distracting for moi. <laughs> we would switch sides, but these are the sides we normally sit on. So I think that that would even be weirder. Is it the sides we normally sit on if we are not in the same setting, though? I don't know. I don't either. Oh, we sleep on the same side of the bed when we go places. So. Either way. <laughs> I see. Um, I can see a lot of Chicago right now. We have a sweet view from our B and B. Yeah, if you want to see a picture, it's on our Instagram. Holly in a adorable homemade shirt. Yes. I know that people want those shirts, but there's only one, so uh, <laughs> you're just gonna have to suck it. Where we're yeah, you gotta no, suck we'll it. Get, and you suck it. We'll get, we'll get some made. Yeah, we're working on. I know it. I said that like a like nine years ago, but um, well, now that we n- know that people would like that kind of looking shirt. We're very particular and we were trying to find a good design and shirt and whatnot that we liked. So it's been a little bit more of a process. Yeah, we didn't like I didn't really just want to put the logo on a shirt, but it seems to look pretty good. Yeah. So I guess that's what we'll do. Yeah. So just to get some shirts out there. Yeah. I wore it to um, the True Crime Podcast Festival yesterday. Which sucked. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're gonna it was beat around the bush now no, that we're on the pod. No, Shit suck not at balls, all. right? I just, yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't quite what would I was expecting it to be, which is fine. I mean, I'm sure some people had fun. Not I your cup did of not tea. stay the entire time. From the sounds of it, I don't think anyone had fun. And if they said they did, you're probably lying. <laughs> yeah. So we ended up going to Wicker Park and going to this um, bar that has like 80s toys and we did yeah the stop along yeah the stop along they have like behind the bar there's like ninja turtles and like old hulk hogan dolls and mm-hmm. the like simpsons um, dolls and shit the, it was um, pretty Death awesome Star, uh yep. eric foreman eric foreman shit hanging yeah. from the ceiling yeah and then we went to uprise skate shop yeah. shout out uprise yep uh what a cool ass shop that was super live yeah. got a shirt yep and then we went to uh we went thrifting yeah, thrifting at this like 80s, 90s place where it was very cool. And I found... Coco Ro Coco, yeah, I think I, is the name I of it. I found the replica, it may be the exact, <laughs> the exact same, I don't know, but of um, Cher's uh, like plaid outfit from yeah, Clueless. Yeah, like the yellow and white and black one? Yeah, yellow and black. Okay. I think there might be a little from, white. Like, well, she like, wears a vest with it's it. It's like the first kit she has on in the movie yeah right? yeah um and i really wanted it but it was a little bit out of my price right? how much it was two hundred dollars just something slight yeah so um normally and since the 90s are hot 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 right now yeah i'm assuming a couple years ago that would have been like thirty dollars <laughs> yeah i think i said that i was like man like a couple years ago this would not be expensive <laughs> yeah definitely not <laughs> and nobody would want it but i picked it up and like three girls beside me who were about 10 years younger than me were like oh my god the outfit from Clueless. And I was like, I'm just going to cry now. OMGs. <laughs> Louise. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we decided, we said we were going to pre-record and then we decided. And we didn't. Yeah. Well, we thought, you know, why not? Well, we weren't going to we, bring the mics and everything. Yeah. But then we decided to. So we were like, well, let's do the Chicago episode. In Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah, so that's what we're doing. To my face. Yeah. So still recording on Sunday morning like normal, just in a whole different location. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Our spot is 
dope. Yeah. So um, just we don't have a story to start off with just because. Just some Chicago ramblings. That's the warm up this time. Yep. Um, I tried to find a interesting smaller Chicago murder to cover. But um, apparently, I guess because there's so many murders in Chicago or shootings or stabbings. It's probably, there's not a lot of a story. It's like, well, yeah, I got shot that guy. Why? The fucking just did what well, seems like unless it's story. like a big situation like they just don't get followed up on as much um which kind of makes sense well, when it happens every 15 minutes yeah 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 so i'm doing um a story that may be familiar to some it's a, a little bit more uh known known um which i know we do do at times but i try to find smaller stories but i did this one i know you know nothing about him um even though when I, cause I, I mentioned his name and you're like, nah, I don't know that guy. So yeah, I knew the name. <laughs> well, pr- from Mindhunter. Oh yeah. 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 He's one of the, um, one of the guys on that. Okay. Well, that's definitely how I knew the name. Yeah. That's probably why. It's a so sweet show. Isn't that coming? It's um, coming back for, um, the second season. Second? Yeah. Yeah. Like soon. Right. Uh, I think within the next month. I think pretty soon. Yeah. So this is episode 60 in Chicago. Six. Oh. Yes. Um, I don't have a tale name because I just realized I forgot it. So this is the tale of, of the one in Chicago. Yep. The tale <laughs> of the one in Chicago. Um, so we are talking. Actually, you know what? This is the tale of Richard Speck. How about that? We'll just <laughs> Straightforward. be normal. Yeah. Richard Speck was born on December 6, 1941 in Kirkwood, Illinois. He was the seventh of eight children. He and his younger sister, Carolyn, were born um, two years apart. And they're much younger than their older siblings by, like, at least a decade. So all of their older siblings were, like, teenagers when they were born. Him and then there's one younger than him. One younger than him, Carolyn. Um, there's, so there's, he, ha- he has four sisters and two brothers. Um, the, and Caroline, or Carolyn, so actually five sisters and two brothers. The family moved to Monmouth, I think is how you say that. Monmouth. Malmouth. Malmouth. Yeah, Jason Malmouth. Yep. Shortly after Richard was born, uh, where his father found work as a packer at a warehouse. Um, Richard's father's name was Benjamin. He had been a farmer and a logger, and now he's working at a warehouse. Okay. He was a very strict and religious man, same as his wife, who was named Mary. Both were teetotalers. You know what that means? I've heard it. I don't know what it is. I think we've talked about it before. It's I'm completely... Like no smoking, no drinking, like like straight edge, but to the two X's on the hands, two bitching. X's, two X's on the hand, two X's on the feet, two X's on the forehead. Like I do not do that <laughs> shit. That sounds like uh, the recipe for the worst time ever. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and so in nineteen, so they were both hard workers. They provided for the family again, strict and religious. Um, went to church every Sunday. All the super fun shit. Yep, at least until nineteen forty seven six years after Richard was born, uh, when Benjamin died of a heart attack. The dad? Yeah. He was 53. So he dies of a heart attack and leaves Mary to have eight children to take care of herself. You almost gave me a heart attack. A heart attack. A couple years after Benjamin died, Mary met a man named Carl August Rudolph Lindbergh. We're going to call him Carl. It's a lot of names, Carl. It is. Carl was a traveling insurance salesman from Texas who she fell in love with on a train trip to Chicago. Ah, he wooed her he on the did train. Woo her on the train. Carl was the exact opposite of Benjamin. He was a he was a hard drinker. He was super alive. Yep. Definitely alive. Didn't die of a heart attack. 
Uh, he was a hard drinker. He wasn't religious at all. And he had a 25-year-long criminal record. Which Bad boy. Yep. He had some forgery charges and many drunk driving charges. Okay. Which I don't know how you have many drunk driving charges. It seems like... Yeah, it's... Well, this would have been what, like the... F- what, 1947, 1950. Yeah, so yeah. there was probably like, are you drunk? Well... Damn. Walk home and then come back and pick this fucking thing up in the morning. Yep. And that's a slap on a wrist. Yeah, you're right. On May 10th, 1950, Mary and Carl got married in Texas. Uh, Richard and Carolyn were left with their married older sister, Sarah, to stay um, in Illinois for a few months until Richard finished second grade. And then those two also moved to Texas. So the mom got married. She headed off to Texas. She left one of the older siblings to watch the two younger kids what until he finished school. It's pretty common. I'm going to go. You guys catch up later. <laughs> it's like, I realize that I'm your parent and I'm the one that decided to pop all of you out, but come catch up whenever you, you know, whenever you get done doing what you're doing, yeah, I'm going to go have my life with this guy now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little weird, but Super I guess because shitty. the sister was married and had a kid of her own, it was just like, stay here and finish school and you know, that's, but I'm getting a little blinded. I'm going to lower these uh, shades a hair. I'll be right back. Okay. So one year after the family moved to Texas, they moved again to East Dallas. So they moved into Texas and then made a second move after a year. And over the next 12 years, they lived at 10 different addresses in total. And all of them were in poor neighborhoods in Dallas. So they were like in the East Dallas area and had, I mean, moved 10 times over 12 years. 10 fucking times over 12 years 10 times 10 times so they moved to texas in 1950 in 1951 they moved to another part of texas and from 1951 to like 1963 they moved 10 more times uh it's all poor neighborhoods all poor housing it's basically like what they could get by with for what they had at the time and then oh this is probably a nicer place and then well, this one's a little nicer. Like You're moving because it's a little nicer. I, this one has an extra square foot. I'm not sure why they were moving. Couldn't really find that information, but they moved a lot. I get moving like, oh, we move and we move and then, you know, this move. Ten fucking times. In 12 years. That's a long time. Or a lot, a lot of moves in a, a short amount of time. I feel like one of those spots would have been like, eh, it's not the best, but we're comfortable We're here. comfortable. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I moved a lot when I was younger from like 18 to 25 but i only think i had like two or three apartments (laughs) they were always nicer yeah so in 1952 richard's older brother died at the um, age of 23 in a car accident so his dad died young his older brother died young Um, most of his other siblings are married off and having kids of their own except for him and carolyn who are of course still in their um you know, uh, like 10 to 12, basically. Okay. So the household with Carl was not a happy one. Richard hated Carl because he was frequently absent. And when he was around, he was drunk and he was always verbally abusive. Richard also hated school because he was a poor student. He needed glasses, but refused to wear them. Well, how many schools would he have been in? Or were they just well, moving they were in like East a block? Dallas, so they were just moving they were around just moving neighborhoods. Like, so yeah. he was staying in the same, same school, school system. Yeah. So he needed glasses, refused to wear them, and then he had to repeat the eighth grade because he refused to give a speech in front of the class, which was a requirement. I hear that. He has a lifelong fear of being stared at. So that's why he refused to Did he not to wear the it. glasses to not 
have it like a reason to be a nerd i don't know he just refused to wear them i think it yeah i think it was probably something he thought he would but get he needed them for. needed them yeah so he's he, like me that give you headaches yes you but can't see like, anything you're I guess constantly back then they don't know shit no it's like my well, head hurts i think we've talked about it before is i didn't know i needed glasses until somebody was like you can't see well and then i put <laughs> glasses on i was like oh this is what everyone else sees that's cool i guess i'll wear glasses uh yeah yeah i don't know if it was like a nerdy thing or what but he just refused to wear them but he had them uh i think he had them at one point and then refused to wear them and then probably just makes sense got lost somewhere richard started drinking at the age of 12 ah and by 15 he was drunk every day oh good yep at 13, he was arrested for the first time for trespassing, and over the next eight years, he would rack up a dozen more charges. So from the time he's 12, he's drinking and getting in trouble um, and just, you know, wreaking havoc, basically. What? So he's getting arrested for just breaking into places and drinking in them, or is he yep. trying to, like, steal shit here I'm and there? I'm sure that there was some theft involved, but all I saw was trespassing charges, so more than likely, he just took the trespassing charge, and they I dropped... broke in to find some booze. Yeah, more than likely. In the fall of 1957, Richard started ninth grade, but before the semester was over, he had failed every class. Oh. And didn't return after winter break. In January of 1985, right after his 16th birthday, Richard dropped out of school for good. 85? Excuse me, 57, like 58. We, we <laughs> That's my dyslexia happening. Okay. Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, 58, he was 16, dropped out of school for good. Word. In 1960, Richard, now 19, is working for the 7-Up Bottling Company. Oh, right on. In Dallas. That next year, in October, he meets a 15-year-old named Shirley Malone at the Texas State Fair. And three weeks later, she's pregnant with his child. Yikes. Yes. Well, he didn't need glasses to see that thing. Nope. No, he could definitely, he definitely knew how to get her pregnant Found without that. the glasses. <laughs> Richard and Shirley were married in January of 1962. So he's 19 and she's 15? Yes. Yep. And then um, about a year after they, well, I, not even a year after they meet within that time frame, he, they get married January 1962. At first they're living with Richard's mother and sister, Carolyn, because of course she's younger, so she's still at home. Um, She's, well, I say that, but she's married too. So Carolyn's married. The and younger one is married. Yeah. And she's at living. What, like 17? 17. And she's living at home with her husband and her mother. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. At the time, Richard's mother, Mary, she was separated from Carl, the piece of shit stepdad. Um, Carl. He, Carl. So good, good to, to see, see you. you. Every time I wrote his name, I kept. That's all I've been thinking yeah, every time. Yeah. I, Carl. <laughs> I, I kept talking. I was like, Carl, I, I put Carl. And then I, in my head, I would say, so good to see you. <laughs> um, so she separated. So the mother separated from Carl and he moved to California. So he's basically out of their lives now. So, so he was just abusive. She got with him, dipped to Texas, was like, later family. And then he was like, later you. Yeah. I'm going to California. Well, like 12, 15 years later. But yes, yeah, 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 eventually. Yeah. Eventually. So when Richard got married, he stopped using the Lindbergh name. So when Carl and Mary got married... Richard changed his last name, or he was, you know, adopted by Carl. So his name changed to Lindbergh. But when he got married, he changed it back to Speck, which was the original last name. So he was going by of Richard heart Lindbergh. Yeah. yeah. And now he's going back to Richard Speck. Word. On July 5th, 1962, Richard and Shirley's daughter, Robbie Lynn, was born. 
But Richard was nowhere to be found. Out of here. For several days. Getting getting drunk. No, he was in jail for 22 days serving a sentence for disturbing the peace because of a drunken fight he had gotten in. Oh, okay. So she goes into labor, goes to the hospital, has the baby, and it's like... And he's off doing some Leonard Skinner shit. Anyone... Fucking somebody up in a bar. Yep. No shoes on. And in just jail. Just being fucked up. Yeah, and she has no idea. No idea where he is. Oh, good. Yeah. So she's like about to pop. So he's like, well, that's probably going to happen any day. I'm going to go get fucked up and uh, start some shit in a bar. Yep. yep. Beautiful. Yep. In January 1963, that next year, he Richard... fights like shit with no glasses on. Oh, I'm sure he does. How do you throw a punch if you don't really know what you're hitting? Assume. <laughs> yes. Uh, it was probably why he ended up in jail. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wake up. You just got your ass kicked and also you're arrested. Yep. In July 1963, Richard was caught after he forged and cashed a co-worker's $44 paycheck. Oh, score. He then robbed a grocery store, making away with cigarettes, beer, and $3 in cash. Titties. Richard, who is now 21. Three three dollars. $3 in cash. Three do- I made away with $3. Yep. Is that even worth mentioning? I- I don't, I think it's, I mean, for did. me, it makes me giggle, so. <laughs> it's like, got a bunch of booze and some cigs. I mean, even in 1963, $3, $3 is uh, not much. Still not the most money. I uh, really like in Stranger Things when he's like, I was trying to find you something, but I only have like three fifty, so it's like kind of hard. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would get you. Some ice cream? Yeah. Which is a pretty dope gift yeah you're right uh richard again now he's 21 he was convicted of forgery and the word i can't say burglary burglary thank you and sentenced to three years in prison um but was paroled after 16 months um so he served from 1963 to 1965 so he was sentenced to three years but he only did 16 months uh because he was a sweetie in there Mm, probably because or he was he just up for parole and they're like well you haven't really been doing yeah shit, i mean he so. did enough time to like get good behavior and a reduced sentence okay one week later after he's released from jail one week at 2 20 a.m on january 9th 1956 excuse me 1965 i'm really bad with dates today it's okay richard attacked a woman in a parking lot of her apartment building with a 17 inch carving knife uh he ran away when she screamed. 17 inch. That's what it said. I was like, that's a really that's like a, long carving knife. That's like a machete. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fuck? a bit ridiculous. Um, so she screamed. He ran away. The police arrived. What was he looking to achieve? I, was he? I don't know if he was trying to rob her. That's what I mean. Like, he, I don't know why you would again, try I to rob know. somebody and get scared away when they make a noise. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I was for sure you'd just stop and give me your shit mm-hmm. um I, I never understand in these stories where someone's like oh he gets drunk and he you know he might steal something and he breaks in here and there and then it's like and then he attacked someone with a sword knife <laughs> yes. it's like but what but, wh- but why yeah, I don't when know. did that when did that hit your head I to mean, where it's like oh i'm gonna try to fucking cut someone now there's there's very little information is to like when things happened when the f- when switch, his switch was flipped from like petty shit to but he was also in jail for 16 months so he's around people who are harder than he is not a yeah not great for morale no and my only assumption is that someone was like well why are you robbing places when you could just rob people 
Yeah. Because it's easier to get away with a purse than it would be to break into a place and steal a bunch of shit. Word. But it didn't work for him because... Oh, it didn't. Uh, well, he... <laughs> She screams. He runs away. She calls the police. They arrive minutes later, and they find Richard hiding in some bushes a few blocks away from the attack. So she screams, calls the police. She screams, runs to like all a the place, while, is able to go in and get uh, the call. All the while, he could be just going anywhere. Uh huh. But a bush is where he decides. Is to where stay. he decides to post up. Yeah. With his giant fucking knife. Yep. Yeah. So again, no history of um head injury as we normally hear that's what i mean but um it seems like something happened that we don't really well, have he might have gotten rocked in of. that bar fight it's possible and he might have gotten uh fucked up in jail yeah so some of that could have uh i mean the bar fight would be the probability especially yeah. if he got his ass kicked that that would maybe be where the sl- the switch especially if someone hit g7 on the jukebox that's fucking true. fighting tunes that and it, shit got really rowdy in there yeah um definitely <laughs> definitely <laughs> definitely hit g7 Seven. You said G eight. <laughs> 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 uh, he was, what's the song? If you like pee, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He was convicted of aggressive uh, or aggravated assault and giving another sixteen month sentence to run concurrently with a. And that was a week after he had been out. So it's week. like, hey man, you get out a little early. Sweet. I'll be back in a few minutes. Yeah. To finish serving his sentence. He got sentenced to three years. He got out in 16 months. Now he's given another 16-month sentence. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yep. So um, he's put back in jail, but there's an error. Uh-oh. Error. Richard's released from prison six months later on July 2nd, 1965, due to someone not writing up the paperwork correctly. I'm assuming that they put six months instead of 16 and no one can go in and just, pencil that one in there. Just miss the one there. Yep, miss the one. But honestly, what's, what's the difference? Ten more months gonna do? Mm, you're like right. he gets more ideas in there from yeah. more dirt bags. You're right. Learns how to find, use bigger <laughs> knives. Yeah, I don't what's know. He, I mean, what? Real, honestly, what's that's a like, bigger knife than a machete? I a mean, sword. Yeah, but I think like, <laughs> but we're we're leaving it in the knife category right now. So I think the step up would be machete, machete yeah. or just finding a sword, sword somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Maybe somebody teaches him how to make a sword. It'd I don't know. It's fucking really hard to <laughs> hide a whole sword with you yeah. in a bush. Yeah, a like, little bit. Like you're in there hiding you and your Kill Bill sword. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, no, that's just my... No, that's, that's someone else's. Yeah, that's someone else's sword. They just left it there. Uh, for the next three months after he's released, he works as a driver for the Patterson Meat Company and has six accidents because he's a driver. He has six accidents <laughs> with his truck before he finally gets fired for failing to show up to work. Also, God, how easy was it to get jobs or do anything back in the day? That's like those like help wanted sign. You just walk in, you grab the sign and be like, I'm here. Ready to w- start. W- give me my job. Yeah. It's not like, well, let's have an interview and maybe a second interview yeah. and we'll see how we're feeling. You know, see what we thought. No, yeah. I'll have the job now, please. And thank you. Yeah. And, and also it- it's like, hey, you want to be a driver? Yeah, I'd love to be a driver. I'm here for the driving position. Have you, uh, do you have any drunk driving um, tickets or anything? Oh, no. Oh, sounds good to me. Yeah. I mean, I trust you. I don't know you at all, but that sounds really good to me. I also don't know how you have six accidents and then they finally fire you for not showing up. Not the six accidents you've had. (laughs) Yeah. And even if there was a record, you could just find a different typewriter and write up a better one. Like, actually didn't. (laughs) <laughs> get it i have not had any drunk driving yeah uh 
uh, citations. I forgot the one. I'm good to go. Yeah. Here yep. it is. Here's the official statement from the DMV. <laughs> In December 1965, by recommendation of his mother, Richard, who is now separated from his wife, because clearly he's a winner. Yeah. So she's like, let me get him, get out of this. For sure. And they just had the one kid. They have the one kid, yeah. Um, he moves in with a 29-year-old divorced ex-professional wrestling female. Uh, and this is the 60s? 1965. Where was the, the there a place for professional female Th- wrestling I think it's like one of those 60s. things where it's like, oh, I'm a professional. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, I um, what did that guy tell me? It. He's a pro streamer. And I was like, okay, sure. But yeah. you're buying my $50 Yeti mic. So. Yeah, I got a gig. Yeah. That's, a, that's another story. Yeah. We could have warmed up with that story. I forgot about it. Shout out that douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Um, yeah. I don't know. But he moved in with this woman who was I'm going to have to look into wonder, 60s professional women wrestling. I wonder if it this. was like um, like an underground movement thing. Well, it would have to be. Was she getting paid like $5 Probably. a month? Yeah. I'm she pro. was. She was also a bartender at um, Richard's favorite bar, which was called Jenny's Lounge. Ah. Yeah. She needed someone to babysit her three children. He needed a place to live that wasn't with his mother, so it kind of worked out. <laughs> he had to have a place to live that wasn't with, with his, his mother. mother yeah. Why is that? Uh, I think because he didn't want to live Just with didn't want to look like a buster or <laughs> yeah. hated his mom? Uh, I don't think he hated his mom. There's no real Just evidence of that. doesn't want to look like a buster. How yeah, old is so. he? At this point, it's 1965. He was born in 1960, uh, 1941, so 24. Okay, and she's 29. Yeah. She's 29, yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, so she, he moves in with her and in January, 1966, the next year, Shirley files for a divorce, uh, officially against Richard. So her, his, his wife oh, is they, oh, leaving okay. him officially. They've been separated, but now she's like, I'm done for good. That same month, Richard stabs a man in a knife fight at Jenny's lounge and then gets on the bad side of an the actual knife or a fucking a knife, like just a, a normal, an knife. actual normal knife, yeah. not a 17 inch <laughs> samurai sword. sword knife yeah um so he gets uh, you know he pisses off his roommate who works there because he stabbed some dude and now she has to deal with it and Ugh. he's charged with aggravated assault but a da hired by his mother was able to get him uh get the charge reduced to disturbing the peace why is his mommy taking care of him I at don't this point know. okay i guess because he's the only child left that's not now married and does have another woman taking care yeah, of him? Yeah, it seems like all the other children were just like, oh, get married, you have kids, you good. get a job, you have a house, and you're good. Take care of the fuck up. Yeah, good Good luck with Richard. He was ordered to pay a $10 fine, which he didn't do, and then he went to jail for three days for not paying the fine. So he got his <laughs> aggressive or aggravated assault charge reduced to disturbing the peace, was ordered to pay a $10 fine, didn't pay it, and went to jail for three days. Beautiful. Yep. On March 5th, 1966, Richard bought an older car. Couldn't find out, like, what... It said that it was, like, a decade old, so an early 1950s car, I guess. Cool. Couldn't find out what the maker model was. Hot rod. But he goes out, he buys a car, and then he takes a little joy ride and robs a grocery store. And the only thing he takes from the grocery store is 70 70 cartons of cigarettes. 70 cartons mm-hmm. of cigarettes. Yeah, so he robs a grocery store, takes 70 cartons of but cigarettes. no money. 
No money. Doesn't even make out with the, his his three dollars. Uh huh. No, it doesn't even make out with the three dollars. And he doesn't leave the store. He goes into the parking, or he doesn't leave the property. It just starts chain smoking. No, he starts selling the cartons of cigarettes oh. out of the back of the car. Well, can't be mad at that. He's <laughs> he's like he's hustling. He's <laughs> yeah. not just outright stealing things yeah, he's hustling he's hustling so he sells these cartons out of the back of the trunk just lucy's uh yeah one dollar for a <laughs> yeah so he starts selling them and then of course the grocery store realizes that they've been robbed from 70 cartons of cigarettes <laughs> they, and that the grocery he's store out realizes that there's a cigarette selling <laughs> vendor behind their store now yeah so he finally abandons the car and heads out but of course the cops are able to trace it to richard they just follow the butts yeah yeah and then uh, he's issued a warrant for his arrest because, I mean, you stole cigarettes and then sold them in a parking lot. So um, this is his 42nd arrest. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't. And, and you were like, and then he got out and then he bought a car. He bought a car with all the money he was making while being in jail. Um, the, th- uh, the thought I have is that maybe the mom bought or his mommy him. bought it for him. I think that's probably what it was. Good I mean, mommy. at this point, she's probably trying to get him out on his own as much as possible anyway. Yeah, I mean, the best way to do that is just keep handing him everything. Don't make him do shit. You're right. Um, so an issue, a uh, warrant is issued for his arrest. It's his 42nd arrest. <laughs> he's not trying to go back to jail. Oh, he's not? No. Oh, no. oh. So four days later, his younger sister, Carolyn, drives him to a Dallas bus station where he catches a bus to Chicago. All righty. So he's now on the run. Okay. Um. Richard goes and stays with his sister Martha. She lives in she lived in Chicago. He stays there for a couple days before he hid it back to where they were from um, when he was a child. The Mon- it's another Mon- part of Illinois. Yeah, Monmouth or Monmouth or however you say it. Malmouth. Malmouth. Uh, there he stays with old family friends and his brother Howard, who was a carpenter, and Howard found him work. So things seem to be going well. I don't. <sighs> then a couple days later, he gets. Uh, telegram or notice or email i don't know probably got an email yeah he probably gets, on his apple watch he, yeah he he gets word that shirley has filed well, he knew that she had filed for a divorce but he gets word that the court's granted it and not only does he get word that the court's granted the divorce so now that he's officially not with his wife she got married two days after the divorce was granted so he's like oh she's been quote-unquote cheating on me even though we've been separated for like what years about now. you you didn't you live with this other chick? Yeah, I'm sure he didn't do anything with her, though. Oh, she was a roommate. Yeah. Because she's a wrestler and she would have just fucking suplexed him or <laughs> stone cold stunned him or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which if we he know. Made any moves. We know Richard's he not a good fighter. He can't fucking see, so like, he'd, be, he'd be stunned before he even knew what was going on. <laughs> like, did she just hit me? Yeah. Was that a stunner? <laughs> did you just jackknife me? Yeah. Uh, not to be confused with samurai swording me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the kid. I've got a new man. I'm taking your 17-foot sword knife. No, don't take the knife. I'm taking it all. Yeah. So two days later, Shirley gets married, and when Richard hears word, he gets really pissed because he didn't care for, about her until yeah, this point, for but zero now... zero fucking yeah. reason. It's Typical always... fucking dude shit. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I'm out of here. All right, well, that sucks. Ten months later, well, I found somebody. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. A, oh. Typical dude shit. Cripes. On March 25th, he moved into the Christie Hotel and spent most of his time in the bars downtown. 
so it seemed like the Christie Hotel was like one of the. It's like the Chelsea Hotel where it was carpentering like, this yeah. whole time. He's well, he's working for a carpenter, so well, he's, he's just like, handing them wood. Can you hand that piece um, of wood over there? It looked like he. I think he was like sandblasting the stuff for them. Okay. So he was, I guess, prepping. Entry level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's working and he's living at this hotel and spending all of his time and money at the bars downtown. Beautiful. At the end of March, Richard and some friends go bar hopping in the Gulfport area. And they're detained overnight when Richard, reportedly, threatened a man in a tavern restroom with a 17-inch carving knife. He got it back. Or yeah. he found a new one. He found a new one. He's got it. He's at a bar. Some dude pissed him off. And in the bathroom, he threatened Where, to kill him. Are you just like, all I see him is like walking like he has a fake leg because he <laughs> because has this knife going giant. all the way down one fucking leg. I don't leg. know how you carry this thing. He's like, hey, man. <laughs> Back the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not like he has a backpack to put it in or something. I don't know. I don't like really He's got don't like know. one Lieutenant Dan leg. Yeah. I'm sure that's what Magic it was. Magic leg. Magic leg. Nope, not a magic leg, just a huge (laughs) fucking knife. Uh, Yeah, exactly. So he threatens this guy and um, reportedly threatens this guy with this large fucking knife. And then a couple other things happen around town around that same time. On April 3rd, a 65-year-old woman named uh, Virgil, Virgil Harris, I think is how you say it. She was divorced and living alone. She returned home around 1 a.m. to find a man standing in her house with a 17-inch carving knife. Hold on. What's a 65-year-old doing getting home at 1 o'clock? She worked nights. Like okay. She worked into the night or whatever. She was, um, she was divorced, so she was still trying to make a little bit more money before she retired fully. I believe... I, this may be wrong. Um, I couldn't quite get confirmation on it, but one person said she may have worked in like a hotel or something. Okay. Yeah. So she returns home 1 a.m. She finds a man standing in her he's house. just hanging in there. Yep. With a knife. Broken. Giant ass knife. She said that he was, this was her description of him, six foot tall, white, very polite, and spoke with a southern, <laughs> soft southern drawl. Very polite. Very polite. With a knife. Yes. He blindfolded her, tied her up, raped her, and then ransacked her house. God, he sounds polite. Oh, I don't know why I said she was working at a hotel. This I should have just read the next line. She was babysitting. That's what she returned home from. Yeah. So she made $2.50 babysitting that night. And oh, so he ransacked it. her house, took anything that was of value, took the $2.50. And he raped a 65-year-old. And then headed out into the night. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he already sucked, but now he's like surpassed oh yeah like garbage absolute garbage person oh yeah a week later mary k pierce she was 32 she worked at a bar owned by her brother-in-law called frank's place it was it's downtown um she was last seen leaving the bar at 12 45 a.m on april 9th on the 13th her family reported her missing and that same day her body was found in an empty hog house behind the bar yikes she had died from a blow to her abdomen that ruptured her liver holy shit yes that is a significant hit it's pretty serious yes yeah. richard hung out at frank's often it was one of his places he'd like to go most and he had actually recently about a month before helped build that hog house what is a hog house? So it's like it's it, well, I, I'm assuming it, I know what it is by the name of it, but I'm saying it's behind a bar. Well, they 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 also made food 
Uh, and it looked, it seemed like they like butchered on site. So I guess it's like the sixties. That would make sense. Yep. Definitely wouldn't have some shit like that now. Like hell no. Yeah. We're in the middle of this big ass city, but I got my hogs back here. If you go through the alley, grab one of of the hogs. Yeah. 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 So on April 15th, Richard, um, so he hangs out, he helps build the hog house. Um, and this is where he was probably like had an eye on her the whole time. Yeah. Was like I'm gonna make that happen yes. soon. So since he's one of the regulars and he's one of the people that knew how the you know the locks and the man the the shit on the hog house worked because yeah. he dealt with it, he was questioned, and um, that was like the it was, she was found on the 13th. He was questioned on the 14th. On the 15th, Richard collected his paycheck from work, told police. Um, like, do you have anything else for me? And they said, well, we, we do have some further questioning. Um, we need you to stay in town. And he was like, oh, I was going to go see my mom. And they're like, no, we need you to stay in town. Yeah, it's like that's what you tell the cops when they say they need something from you. Oh, well, actually, I, I, I had something planned yeah. already. Yeah. Um, I know you want to interrogate me, but funny thing, I got plans already, dude. Yeah. So, so I, I got to go. I gotta go. I'll see you maybe when I get back. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So he says he says that they say, yeah, you need to stay in town. Don't really care that you want to go see your mom. I don't really feel like, like being interrogated right now. Yeah. So four days later on the 19th, um, the officers go to the hotel to speak with Richard and they find that he's no longer there. And you took four days to do this because. Well, they were trying to get, you know, they weren't sure if at this point they weren't he wasn't a, a suspect we're gonna ask you questions he's soon. just someone who was a regular who they knew was well, thanks for giving him the heads close. up yeah yeah hey in like four days or so we're gonna come scoop you okay i'm okay yeah so when they talked to the hotel manager they said well he left earlier this morning uh with a bunch of suitcases and, and so a they're giant like knife. motherfucker yeah yeah and a giant knife he said he was going to the laundromat <laughs> with these suitcases oh yeah but obviously left town he, um, when they went into his room to inspect, they'd found a radio and costume jewelry that he had stolen from the 65 year old's house and, um, some other items from two other th- thefts that had happened in the area. So they were like, Oh, okay. Richard's definitely up to something. Oh yeah. And then they become more suspicious of, um, you know, him being involved in Mary Kay's death because he's now on the run again. He didn't kill the 65 year old, correct? No, no. She's a, he, he just tied her up, just blindfolded took her, her, tied her up, radio. raped her, took her radio, her $2 and 50 cents and rolled out. Um, on the 19th, obviously the same day he left this area, he headed back to Chicago. He shows back up at his sister's house. Uh, Martha lived on the second floor of an apartment building with her husband and two teenage daughters. She was a, pediatrics rn and she worked um her husband worked nights as a railroad switchman so her husband was like okay that's cool but like that richard's here and we'll allow him to stay for a little while but like he needs to get his shit in order because we have this whole thing going on we're both professionals we work opposite shifts we have two teenage girls in the house oh good yeah like he was like you know we just he can stay here for a little while but we need to get him kind of moving in a different direction and how who hold on who knows him so he moves back with his sister martha it's his sister and, and his, Jean, her husband her is husband like, Jean i'm not is a huge fan of this yeah just because richard at this point is obviously i don't think he was thinking a kook yeah i think he thought like he's a bad influence and we don't really need him in the house no they shit. don't know that he's raped a 65 year old woman and killed a yeah 32 obviously yeah so Richard um, told them he had to leave the area he was before because he refused to sell Nicarda, 
narcotics. Oh my God, I can't say that word. Narcotics. For a crime syndicate that was operating in the city. So they were like. That's what he told them. That's what he told his sister and her husband. Oh, I had to leave this town because I refused to work with the the gang, basically. And the gang was aware of you because. He's so good with a knife. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like what. Okay, it's obviously affili- a fake story. Yeah, but yeah. I'd be like, okay, well, the fact that you're affiliated with a gang in any yeah. sorts, I'm not going to let you live with me and my daughters. Yeah, and that's what Gene kind of said. And he, Gene had also served in the Navy, so he was a little more like. Suspect? S- yeah, I was going to say sensitive to like. Bullshit? Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, suspect of Richard. Um, he thought that Richard should, you know, move into like a military or some, he, he was trying to get him into service. So he's like, you should d- do the U S merchant Marines, which keeps coming up in all stories. Um, and he says that I think it'd be good for you to teach you some discipline, teach you to stop being a dickhead and you'll get some money out of it. So on the 25th of April, Gene takes Richard to the Coast Guard office. They apply for a letter of authority to work as an apprentice seaman. Right on. Which sounds slightly sexual, but, you know. Um, The application required that Richard be fingerprinted, photographed, and have a physical examination completed by a doctor. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. But, of course, the time frame, it also takes a a long time to get that information back. Computer records be like, well, we'll find out that he's a complete piece of trash here in, like, three weeks. Way too late, yeah. So, Richard found work immediately after obtaining the letter, and he joined a 33-member crew um, on a lake freighter on April 30th, but his first voyage was brief because he happened to have an appendicitis while on the boat. Oh, why couldn't it have just exploded and <laughs> fucking off this dude? Yeah. So they caught it. I know. Pulled that they out. caught it. He was evacuated by helicopter, flown to a, a hospital in Michigan where he had an ap- appendectomy. Wonderful. And Richard then returned to Martha's house to recuperate. Um, and he was there till May 20th when he rejoined the crew. So he's, Put on a boat on April 30th and then immediately goes back to living with his sister. It's been so much better if this guy would have just fucking imploded. Yeah. Yeah. It's not many times I would tell somebody that they should implode. And it sucks ass because the only, like, he probably would have imploded if he was just out and about. But the fact that he was with all these other servicemen, they're like, oh, this is probably what's going on. Let's get you some help. Exactly. So. I mean, he was in Just the, missed it. Yeah. If he I was mean, just getting drunk and, like, building hog houses, he probably would have just... Imploded. Never noticed. Yeah, yeah. That would have been great for everyone. Yep. On July 14th, he got drunk and um, found one of the uh, boat officers, like, um, one of the boat officers, like, found him in his, I think, in his, like, room or bunk or whatever. What in the fuck? Yeah. So, Richard got put ashore as a punishment. They were like, oh, well, you are drunk on the boat and you're hanging out in the Going officers. Going through my shit? Yeah. yeah. So, um, he gets punished and is put ashore. He stayed at St. Elmo in Eastside Chicago for that week. And then he traveled by train to Michigan where he stayed with a 28-year-old nurse that he had met at the hospital when he had his appendectomy. She took a liking to him. She was going through a divorce. So he goes and sees her um, while he's being punished by (laughs) this officer for going through shit. And, um, yeah, stranger. Yeah. I, I knew you for like a couple of hours. Please yeah. come stay with me. Yeah. So she, he stays with her for like a week or so. And on J- J- June 27th, she gives him $80 to help him until he finds work. And, um, he returns back home to Martha and Jean's house. Great. 
On June 30th, so three days later, Gene again drives Richard um, to the like area that he had went to get that letter. It's the National Maritime Union Hiring Hall. So basically, you've gotten your application. You can do this. You've been allowed to by the government, but you have to be hired onto the boats to do it. And you have to show up basically every day until you get hired. So he drives in there. Um, and helps him fill out his paperwork to become, you know, in line for the hiring process. The NMU, which is what I'm going to refer to it from now on, the NMU hiring hall is about one block east of um, five attached two-story brick townhouses. So okay, five attached two-story brick townhouses. These brick townhouses were occupied, three of them were occupied by South Chicago Community Hospital senior student nurses who were all of um like uh filipino origin so there's a row of five houses three of them are occupied by student nurses yeah yeah and it's right down the block from the nmu hiring hall so richard and gene are driving past these three townhouses many times because he's taking him here and he's noticing that there's plenty of young women in and out of these places yep So on Friday, June 8th, Gene drives Richard back to the hiring hall to pick up his seaman card, seaman card, and he gets him registered on a ship, but Richard ultimately isn't picked to um, get on the cargo ship bound it for South Vietnam, and he returns home with Gene. A couple days later, on the 11th, he finally wears out his welcome at Martha and Gene's house. He, um, Gene's over it. He's like, no, fuck this guy. I can't have Richard staying here because anymore. Because of one thing that happened? It just or seemed just like, like it was... just sucks it was, in general. It was just sucked in general, and Gene was over it, and he's like, look, we said that you could only stay a short amount of time, and it's been months now. You gotta get the fuck out. Yeah. So Richard packs his stuff, and he is once again driven by Gene to the hiring hall in hopes of getting on a ship. Gene drives away. Richard stays that evening in a rooming a room house like about a mile away for the hiring hall. So he's like, well, they have a place for you to stay. I'm going to drop you off. Hopefully you get a job today. But if not, you can stay at this rooming house um, and then be here tomorrow bright and early in the morning to get your own job. I'm over it. So Gene drops him off, leaves. Richard goes, stays at this rooming house, goes the next day. Returns about mid-afternoon to the hiring hall and receives an assignment on an oil tanker in East Chicago, um, the Indiana side. Uh, And he says that he said that when he arrived, he found out that they had actually double booked the spot. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. So he was driven back to the hiring hall, which was closed by this point. And he now doesn't have enough money to go back to the rooming house and stay. So he drops his bags off at a... Um, like holding house thing for the for the um, the guys like you know where they're like oh we're staying tonight at the rooming house we'll be back tomorrow and they're like oh you they have like this little baggage drop off area okay so he leaves that shit there and he goes and sleeps in an unfinished house that's just up the road so he just breaks into this house that's in mid construction and sleeps there (laughs) On the 13th, he picks up his bags, checks back into the hiring hall, and then um, he shows a little anger for being sent on a non-existing assignment the day before. And the hall's like, whoa, like, yeah, that's sorry about our error, but, like, you're coming at this really hot. And they call Richard, or they call uh, Gene and Martha, and they're like, hey, you need 
to come take care of your brother. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't need to do shit. That's yeah. a fucking adult man. You need to not call me again. Yeah. So Richard, um, yeah. So would they drive up there to have a conversation with Richard? So they talk with Richard in their, in their car for about 30 minutes. Um, they go to leave. Martha says, I'm giving you money to hold over. You can go stay at the rooming house. Jesus Christ. But don't call us again. Like, we can't, we are not going to bail you out next time. I give him money. I don't know. Good I guess, Lord. I guess to make, to, because, she, you know, she, she is an older sibling. No, I, I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't explain I get it, it to you. But I don't get it. Yeah. How fucking old is this guy? Well, I'll give you a little money. I'll give you a little money. Yeah. I'll help you out. Why? You know, you can just cut that shit off, right? Yeah, exactly. But she doesn't. How, Good Lord. So on um, on the 13th, sorry. Oh, uh, at, so he that happens on the 13th. Uh, the next morning at around 10.30 a.m., he's tired of waiting for a job at the hiring hall. So he just leaves all, you know, all together, walks about a half a mile to the shipyard inn where he checks in. He spends the rest of the day day drinking on the $25 that his sister gave him. Oh, good. And th- so he day drinks and then he accosts uh, a woman named Ella May Hopper at Knife Point that evening. Perfect. She's 53 years old and she has also been day drinking at the bar. Perfect. Richard accosts her, take him, takes her back to his room at the shipyard inn, rapes her, steals the revolver that she has... And then goes to to a diner nearby and right, has well, dinner. I guess she's drunk. I was going to say, yeah, she's so drunk. you have a gun, probably for instances like this. Yeah. But you don't pull it out and put it in his fucking face. Yep. Yep. It's more than likely Cause you're the wasted. day drinking got her. Yep. So he takes her, rapes her, and then he goes to dinner. Afterwards, he goes back to the inn, that the, the, the bar at the inn. Um, until about two ten twenty, so he goes back and starts drinking, and then at ten twenty he leaves dressed entirely in black, armed with a pocket knife, a hunting knife, the revolver that he stole from LMA, and then he walks a mile and a half back to where the hiring hall is located, which is obviously closed because it's ten twenty at this point. It's probably like close to midnight. Yeah. Yeah. So around one, um, well, I guess it's around eleven. So around eleven p.m., Richard breaks into um, those townhouses that are occupied by the student Cripes. nurses. Richard later claimed he was high on both alcohol and drugs, and originally planned to commit a routine theft. But I was high on alcohol. High on alcohol. What he actually did was take eight of the nurses captive. He held them in the house for hours, armed with his giant fucking knife which somehow ended up on him. He didn't really use the revolver, which was interesting. But he threatened them, locked them in one room together. He tied all of them up, but locked them in a room together. And then he would come in and lead them out one by one. What he would do once he let them out of the room was stab the girl, not kill her, stab her to put her in pain, then rape her, and then strangle her to death. All these poor, poor women. Yeah. So the girls... God, how awful. I mean, it's already like the worst thing in the world to be getting raped by a fucking complete scumbag. Or, I mean, does it by anything or one. Yeah. But then before that, he just wants you to be in like excruciating pain. Yeah. So he stabs you. Stabs your fucking you. ears are like ringing. You're in so much pain. Mm-hmm. And then you're being completely just... Ugh. Violated? Yeah. 
Yeah. God yep. damn. So the girls were Patricia, and I'm going to butcher their last name, so very sorry. Patricia Matusecki. I'm just going to spell them. Patricia, M-A-T-U-S-E-K. Nina, S-C-H-M-A-L-E. <laughs> Pamela Wilkinson. I can say that one. Susan Ferris. Mary Ann Jordan. Merlita, G-A-R-G-U-L-L-O. And Valentina Passion, I think is how you're supposed to say it. And finally, Gloria Davy. So those are all of the eight women. Around 5 a.m., Richard finally leaves the building. So between 11 and 5 a.m., he breaks in, takes these girls captive, ties all of them up, and then leads all eight out one by one until Gloria is finally left. She's the last one. Ugh. What he doesn't realize is that there were actually nine girls in the, in the house that night. He must have, maybe he miscounted when he went in and started taking them captive, or she hid really well, but he never knew about Cora, who escaped the same fate as the other eight before her. She hid under the bed. When he would come in, she was under the bed, and he never, ever looked under the bed. Yeah. So there were actually nine girls. He raped, stabbed, and killed eight of them, and the ninth girl stayed under the bed until about 6 a.m., when she didn't hear any more sounds in the house and felt like it was finally safe enough to emerge. She climbed out the bedroom window onto the ledge that was outside because she's like, I'm not going fucking down yeah, there. hell no. And she starts screaming, they're all dead. All my friends are dead. And she doesn't know that they're dead at this point, but she can only assume it because they've never come back and there's yeah. no other sounds in the house. Um, so that happens. And then, of course, there are other people in those you know, townhouses, because they're a, a row of them. They're in the three. So they're hearing this. They're hearing this. And then um, one of the, like, senior nursing s- students comes in and just sees... Chaos. Yeah. So then, of course, the authorities are obviously called. At the crime scene, they find a smudge fingerprint, which matched the one that the FBI had on file for Richard Speck, because, of course, he still has a warrant out for his arrest oh, in yeah. Texas. Yeah. yeah. Another one was found later, which was a clear fingerprint, which again positively matched Richard's. On the 15th, Richard had been day drinking with a man named Claude Lunsford and another unnamed man in the same area uh, at the what a Star Hotel. Idiot. Yeah, they were <laughs> drinking on the fire escape, just having, you know, a good day or whatever. Claude, who was a drifter, not from the area, saw a local paper the next day. So they're drinking on the 15th. He's walking down the street on the 16th, looks over. It talks about the nurses, the massacre at the nurse's house. And uh, Claude realizes that the man that they've put a picture up of, because they have his fingerprint and know it's Richard. drinking buddy from yesterday. The night before. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I'm not... I'm not going to be the one that gets in trouble for that. Like, I'm going to call this dude in. So he calls the authorities and um, tells them about the who he thinks, you know, he's like, I think I drank with that guy yesterday. Yeah. Later that day, Richard shows up at Claude's front door. Oh, shit. Um, Claude did not. He So he left a call for the authorities saying, like, I think I drank with that guy before. And I guess they thought that this dude, because he was a drifter and a drunk, was probably just talking shit. Are you sh- like, really? They, they never returned it? his call. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. So Richard shows up at Claude's room. Claude does what he can do to not act suspicious and be like, oh, I turned you in. He just showed up. He showed up and was like, hey, you want to drink 
again? How does he have a room if he's a drifter? Well, he's a drifter, but he had like, it seemed like the star hotel was kind of made for that where it's like, Oh, you have a little income. Just give me some like a money. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of that thing. So Richard shows up, says, do you want a drink? Um, Claude's, you know, doesn't want to put on any weirdness. So he has a drink with him. Um, Richard, he said, Richard seemed a little different that day, clearly. And so Claude is like, I got to go do something. And, you know, I got to meet this other person and kind of gets out of the situation with Richard as soon as he can. Yeah. That night, Richard attempts suicide in the hotel. He attempts suicide. Yep. He attempts suicide. Because why wouldn't he? But doesn't. Like, so he can kill other people, fine, but not himself. Um, yes. Wasn't that convenient? Yeah. Uh, so he attempts suicide. The desk clerk finds him, calls it in around midnight. Richard's taken to the hospital, and one of the doctors realized that he's... The guy. Yeah. So the newspaper, um, one of the things that had been included in the article with the sketch was that Richard had a... Well, that this person has a tattoo that says, Born to Raise Hell. Bitchin. So when the doctor sees, excuse me, sees Richard, he's like, "Well, that looks like the dude in the paper." And what age did he get this badass tattoo? I didn't find that information, but I would assume probably um, it was probably a jailhouse tattoo. Makes sense. Yeah, I would say one of his (laughs) sixteen-month stents, maybe. Cool, dude. Yeah. So um, the doctor realizes this is definitely Richard because it looks like the dude, and he has that stupid-ass tattoo. So he calls the authorities. Um, this time they return the contact because, of course, it's a doctor calling. Oh, thank you. And Richard's arrested at the hospital the next day. And, and what would have been the harm of going in at least checking in to exactly. this phone? So, And also, it's a phone call, correct? Yeah, he called and left a message. And, th- and he was like, hey, um, I'm a drifter. Like, I don't understand how they wouldn't have taken him seriously. It's just a. I th- well, I don't think it was the drifter. You. I think he said, I'm living at, or I'm staying at the. Oh, um, like, I'm, I'm staying at the Mercy House. And they're like, oh, yeah, this staying, dude's just fucked up. Exactly. I'm staying at the Star Hotel. Um, I was day drinking with this guy yesterday. Um, it seemed like he, he may a- be the person the you're looking of for. Sending a cop over there to. Agreed. But like, it's, this it's is again, how shit it's went the, down in the 60s. Like, mm, no, nah, I don't feel like it doesn't sound legit enough. I mean, it's. I know it's we're looking the, for a murderer. Yeah. But we. I mean, I don't want to look into that. Well, you also have to remember. I just made a sandwich. We're in Chicago. So the crime rate is decently high. I mean, it's high now. So. Okay, but I couldn't is imagine it every in the day? 60s. Is it every single day with all these crimes that you're getting? Yeah. Hey, call. Hey, I think I just drank with that guy. Hey, I think I know. Who th- like, well, I really saying, fucking doubt it. I'm saying you're in Chicago. You have a high crime rate. You have a guy at a hotel that you already know to be probably, you yeah, know, probably full of this. Not definitely. And he said he's been drinking with this dude. I totally agree with you. I'm just saying that I... I it's do think that ridiculous. that's the prejudice that you see in, you know, situations like this where they don't talk to someone because they solely don't. They're like, well, I can't believe what he says. And it's like, but, like, you, but that's solely based on a prejudice. This fucking cop with like his feet on his desk and like his hat, like back on the back, like the crown of his head, mm-hmm. just listening to it. Like, no, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they return the, uh, the doctor's contact and arrest Richard the next day. And then the judge who, of course, is now presiding over the arrest um, or the, the, the charge, he creates an impartial panel 
to approve whether Richard is competent enough to stand trial and what his sanity level was at the time of the crime. So they said that there was enough information, enough of his background that they were like, I don't think he's operating with a fully functioning brain. Uh, and we want to make sure his competency is there for him to stand trial. He's operating with a fully functional dick. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, he sure did. He was smart enough to, to rape. He knew exactly what he was women. doing. Yeah. yeah. So what the fuck is this? Well, he knows that they, that makes him feel good. Yeah. So, oh, but he's too stupid or his brain doesn't work well enough for all this other shit. Well, they're just checking stand because they, that's what they're saying. It's like it's clear that there's some competency but oh, his like, dick is works, it all of it and his mind works yeah. when it's connected to his dick but i don't think he can stand trial well, that's Let, not what they say he's saying i just want to know what your professional opinion is so he has five psychiatrists and one general surgeon on um, three were appointed by the prosecution three were appointed by the defense so that it was unbiased so it was basically as unbiased as you could get to just review the case cool they all Say that he's a douchebag. Investigated, looked into Richard's background. Every single one of them said that he was fully competent and was not insane at the time of the murders. Mm. Richard started going to therapy while in jail, awaiting trial uh, twice a week. And a discharged summary was created by the person he was going to therapy with, who said that he had depression, anxiety, guilt, and shame. Those were the only emotions that Richard understood. And that he said Richard stated that he was also, quote, uh, quote unquote, deeply, lo- he had a deep love for his family. What's his shame from? What's he shamed? What does he shame, feel shameful about? I don't know. Um, a lot of shame, do you? This therapist went on to note that Richard had an obsessive compulsive personality and a Madonna attitude towards women. So like a, a Madonna prostitute. I only know one Madonna. Well, I'm saying uh, that he's saying it in the sense of... Um, like all women are trash unless they're like my mom pretty much. Because like she gave me money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Richard, he said that Richard viewed women as saintly until they betrayed him for whatever reason. And then he became hostile. He also, this therapist said that Richard had um, organ organic brain syndrome from brain injuries that he... Uh, that had occurred in his childhood. But again, nothing's ever been reported about brain injuries. This therapist also stated that Richard was competent to stand trial, but was insane at the time of the crimes due to the effect that alcohol and drugs have on his brain syndrome. Uh, Okay. I see. I see. So what a lot of people pointed out about this therapist or doctor, whatever he was, um, he was writing a book for profit about Richard. Also, it's the 60s. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if I'm taking what you have to say with like. Well, I mean, like how educated are you in the field? The, in the 60s? Well, the other six said that he was competent and not insane, and they're and this on the same like, level as this, this guy's dude. like sitting but there. But this like, guy's a jail therapist. Hmm, I don't know about that. No, what are you saying is like, oh, let me give Richard all of this stuff. Yeah, what I'm actually doing is writing this. a book about Richard that I'm gonna make. Financial and and gain no one of. knew that this was going down. No, they did. That's the point is and that all of these people are saying like he said all, he's saying that Richard has all of these things and everyone's like, yeah, but you're financially gaining off of his story. Yeah. So it sounds like you're making it up. So we're going to invite you to suck it and yeah. we're only going to listen to the people that aren't 
in this uh, for loot. Yep. So that doctor was not asked to testify at the trial. Um, his evidence was not entered into his or his his, um, his his diagnosis was not entered into evidence and anything he said was taken with a grain of salt by those involved and eventually that doctor was fired from the working in the jail system oh no um and then of course the biography he wrote of richard was pr- uh it was published in the summer of 1967 uh and no one really believed anything he had to say in it well you'll have that richard claimed he had no recollection of the murders but he confessed to the crime though the confession wasn't really taken into the account because he was sedated and in the hospital at the time doesn't have any recollection of Raping and murdering eight women in one night. Yeah. No. Oh my God, I believe you so much. Mm. I definitely, definitely believe you. Well, that's what they're saying is that he doesn't have recollection, but he is confessing to doing it, but he was under sedation. So that doesn't really mean that he didn't remember the crimes. It just means that he's in a f- fogged, medically induced sure. high mind right now. Sure. Yeah. So Richard again stated that he was high that night, drunk, and that he had undercut. Um, he said that the idea that the drugs were involved was kind of a mitigating factor. He said that um, he could have done it just as well. And this is a Richard's quote. He said, I could have done it uh, sober, sober as well. Yeah. So around 1916. But either sober or fucked up, isn't able to kill himself because he's more important than all these women. Yeah. Ah, I wonder how he tried. Did he miss with the bullet? Did he not <laughs> hang himself the, the properly? He he cut himself. Oh, did he? Yeah. Did he cut himself? But it just wasn't quite deep enough. Well, in the he right got spot. he got help first before it mm. finalized. Um, That's around, a shame. Around 1965, 1966, while the trials were going on, or while the trial was going on, um, there were some findings published in scientific. Uh, communities stating that there may be a link between a developmental disability and violence and aggressive behavior. So basically the findings uh, that were published had a hypothesis that uh, a bunch of men who were studied who had a violent violent aggravated um, background, they all had an extra Y chromosome. And so the findings of this this scientific community who did this um, test and research said that they believe that maybe Richard had the same situation, that he had an extra Y chromosome, which is makes him prone to violent behavior. But ultimately the hypothesis was proven incorrect. Um, and it's never, there's never been a, a direct correlation between an extra chrom- extra Y chromosome and violent behavior. They produced these findings and then found that their control test was not. That's what I'm saying again done. with like the, the being in the 60s because yeah. now you'll be like you know in the 70s they'll be like oh we kind of didn't know back then the 80s uh, yeah, yeah things really were a really little fishy back, back then so on yeah and so on yeah and so on yeah. so so they tried hmm. to argue they tried to argue it was a mental issue they tried to argue that it was a genetic issue it's not just a you're a piece of fucking garbage that gets wasted I, and has an and has your own issues with i feel like a lot of it it was people who couldn't wrap their heads around someone doing that without having a mental issue yeah i mean again it's a time frame not where you're not really a, hearing about it all the time yeah well and it's such a a fucking violent yeah. one it's not a woman or two in at two different times it's yeah. like you took like a fucking apartment building out yeah and oh and you raped them all yeah 
Not yeah. just went in and be like, I went on a murdering spree. It's no. like, oh, you absolutely knew what you were doing, yeah. even though you were crazy. I was in a fog again. Yeah. So you, you found all these vaginas in a fog. <laughs> you were able to hurt them because that's something you wanted to do before yeah. beginning to rape them. Oh, while you were in a fog. Yeah. I was in a fog. Yeah. I was up I in was the clouds. Yeah. I, was, I was high on alcohol. Yep. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Richard. Um, his trial began on April 3rd, 1967, and there was a gag issue ordered for the press. <clears throat> in the court, in court, Richard was positive, positively identified by Cora, the the ninth, the ninth student. She um, was asked to identify the killer. And when she was, so sh- I'm sorry, go ahead. She, when she was asked to identify the killer, she stood up, walked out of the witness box, walked up to Richard and pointed at his face, pointed Close enough that he could probably reach out and bite her finger. And she said, that's your man. She had no hesitation. She had no so problem she was, pointing him out. She was she close enough that he could have. Well, she was because he kept I, coming in. I, I know. I was yeah. going to say because, well, she was like where she was at in the room under the bed. She was able to see him fully. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's and, what, and, that was my question. And again, he came in at 11 that night and didn't leave till 5 a.m. So she had several chances to see him. Ugh. And I'm assuming that he didn't just come in the room, grab a girl and walk out. It I would sounded be, like he tied them up in the room. I would be. So she had a very good visual. Well, he, pro- he was probably like, like relishing yeah. in the, is that the right word? Uh, might be, I might not so. be. Yeah. Um, in like, Sorry, probably, I can't say anything. <laughs> he probably liked to be in the room with all of them because he was feeling their fear yeah. and shit. And he yeah. probably like was yeah. digging that exactly. because he's, he's a complete a, fucking piece yeah, of trash. Exactly. He's insane, but not insane in that way. Um, but yeah, I was, but me, it, it's kind of like, um, if I can see you, you can potentially see me. Mm-hmm. So me, if I was under the bed, I'd be like, no, I'm getting as far back over here as I can. I don't need to see what's going on. I need to make sure that you have zero sight of like a foot, a knee. I mean, maybe hair. she felt like, maybe she felt, um, I wouldn't at, fucking chance it. I mean, I would feel an obligation to at least try to hide at least one of those other girls i mean but i guess they're all tied up that's the gigs up i mean honestly in that point it is like you want to be the hero but it's like uh this isn't a movie but if chances are i will die he's gonna come and be like where's the other one okay let me look oh look i found an extra one yeah well now you're both dead so maybe the obligation was well i'll try to get to at least get a get a yeah. Yeah. Something so I can put him away I guess for like what if he's you done. You can see his feet, and you can see when he's looking the other direction. You could like hit a quick peep and yeah. like get his whole, you know, yeah. s- check the whole bod and kind of see half of his face and such, and then get back to your yeah. And your I mean, spot. it's 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 easy to. It's not like her testimony and her visualization um, is the only thing holding him to these crimes. They already have fingerprints. Oh yeah, he's fucked. So as soon as she, I mean, you know, if you had eight friends that were all raped and killed while you were in the house. And then you saw a dude and it's like, well, it could be that guy or it could be that guy. And they're like, well, we have a fingerprint for this guy. And be like, well, it was definitely that guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like clearly for sure. Um, so on April 15th, the jury only needed 15 minutes to deliberate before they found Richard guilty and recommended death. That sentence uh, was handed down by the judge. Richard was given the electric chair, but was immediately granted a stay pending uh, his appeal. So he filed an appeal and couldn't be executed until the appeal process was done. I hate the electric chair. I don't really love any of the... Well... Even, like, being 
hang yeah. the electric chair. I'm just, I'm way a bigger fan of like bricks to dicks <laughs> and <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, it's always too, it's always too easy. It's, yeah. it's one and done. Well, it's over in like 10 seconds. Well, Fuck these he got people. sentenced to the electric chill chair, had the appeal in November 16, 1968. The Illinois Supreme Court upheld the, his conviction and death sentence. But then in January 1971, the U.S. Supreme Court, um, you know, that whole thing where they were like, oh, the death penalty is inhumane. So we're removing it. So even though he's 37 at this point, um, they upheld his conviction, but they reversed his death sentence because they said that he was unconstitutionally ex- excluded, uh, or he had um, jurors unconstant un oh my god I can't say that word <laughs> unconstitutionally ex- excluded from his jury selection because of being against the capital punishment. So they're saying he didn't get a fair trial basically oh yeah um what so what did he do we have fingerprints and he murdered and raped eight women at one time yeah. but then oh, they but he needs that fair trial well, though they said, they said that and then they said well we're we think the death sentence is uh, it's, unconstitutional it's, altogether yeah, it's too much too, so then too he much. was resentenced to prison given 400 to 1200 years oh isn't that adorable richard was denied parole um after his first parole hearing and on September 15th, 1976. And then he was also denied parole in 77, 78, 81, 84, 87, and 1990. Richard was far from a model prisoner, obviously. He was often caught um, with drugs or distilled moonshine. And every time he was punished, she said, I'm already here for 1,200 years. Why does it matter? Exactly. So isn't that super duper for you? He's able to find little pleasures in life. Hey, I got this, I brought this booze in and my ass. Like, you want to share it? Oh, it's cool. Let's get a little drunk. I'm having a good time for this one hour. So that's so fucking good for you while these perfectly pleasant women wanting to be nurses they were, were in, they were senior senior um students so, so they, they were, were almost nurses almost ba- i mean basically nurses about to yeah. take up their life of helping people yeah but now you're able to eat to drink asshole rum in, and just and they yeah, were, live it up live it up in there they were exchange students like they're not they weren't you know you're taking you're not only taking an opportunity from people who are here to help people but you're taking an opportunity away from people who have come to America to better great, themselves in the world yeah and all the while again uh, yeah jail sucks i'm sure i'm sure of it prison sucks but again you're used to it oh i'm in here 1200 years anyway well Just but again fuck it would you have rather him have the electric chair oh, 100%, now 100% yeah, yeah i'm saying like I'm not a fan of that because it's too quick and you're not feeling enough pain like Mm. you inflicted on all these women. Like, oh, I just thought of another good one. Maybe like strap him down to the ground beside like a three-story, four-story like building Mm -hmm. and then we could just drop bricks on him. Not enough to kill him, just enough to suck a lot. At least try to not hit his face and hit his dick. No, no, no. You can like put like a metal box over his face. Oh, okay. So you're just murking his arms and dick and stomach and shit. So like, yeah, you can't kill him with one lucky blow. Yeah. So we can just sit there and like just turn his fucking legs to dust and shit. That'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. That'd be interesting. And then... It also would be a fun science project. Yeah, it would be. And then we'll hang him up. uh, A science project? (laughs) We'll hang him up like uh, the NSYNC uh, No Strings Attached video. And then we'll hit him with a fucking truck to uh, just seal the deal yeah that's good but no i'd rather him just be in jail and uh, you know get used to life in there and have his couple friends and be friends with the fucking lunch lady and like that's so fucking good for him 
So the warden described Richard as a big nothing doing time. And Richard mainly kept to himself, keeping a stamp collection and enjoying music. Oh, good. Again, I'm glad there's something else that he's able to enjoy. He loathed reporters and had only granted one interview since he was convicted. That was in 1978. During that interview, he publicly confessed to the murders for the first time and said that he thought he would get out of prison sometime between 1978 and the year 2000, at which time he hoped to start and run his own grocery store. Obviously... (laughs) There's so many things I could say to this. Uh, Richard said that at the time of the murder, he had no feelings, but that afterwards things changed. And this is a quote from Richard. He said, I had no feelings at all that night. They said that there was blood all over the place, but I can't remember it. It felt like nothing. I'm sorry as hell, though, for those girls and their family and for me. Oh, most of all you. If I had to do it over again, I would have just robbed the house. Oh, oh, yes. Richard was later interviewed by John E. Douglas of Mindhunter fame. Um, in his book, John told of a disturbing incident that took place with one of Richard's beloved birds. So there was a place in the prison where he was allowed to like. Oh, good. Another birds. thing that he's able to beloved and enjoy and have a good life. He said that he, Richard found an injured sparrow and had flown in through one of the like windows um, and he nursed it back to health. When it was healthy enough to stand, he tied a string around its leg and had it perched to his shoulder so it could not fly, fly away. And at one point after that happened, a guard told him, yeah, you can't have pets in jail. And Richard said, I can't. So there was a fan nearby. He took the sparrow, threw it into the fan, killed it. Oh, see, that's that's like normal grocery store owner mm-hmm. kind of shit to do. See, he's all better. Yeah. He's good. So the guard said, I thought you liked that bird. And Richard said, I did. But if I can't have it, no one can. Mm. In, we should let him out. <laughs> yeah. In May 1996, a Chicago TV news reporter received videotapes made um, in 1988 from anonymous attorney. attorney. These videotapes showed, um, they were showed in front of the state legislature. Legislature. Run it. That fucking word. Where it was pointed out that there was many explicit scenes of sex, drug use, and money being passed around by prisoners with no fear of being caught. So basically this attorney is trying to show the state of Illinois that your prison system is bullshit. They're able to do whatever they want and they have no fear of it. We got booze, we got birds, we got music that we love. That's so fucking good for these people that rape and murder people. In In one of the scenes, Richard is seen performing oral sex on another inmate and then sharing a large quantity of cocaine with another, parading in silk panties, sporting female-like breasts because he started smuggling in hormone treatments. Good. And boasting, this is a quote from Richard, if they only knew how much fun I would have, they would just turn me loose. From behind the camera, a prisoner asked uh, Richard if he had killed the nurses, to which he said, sure I did. When asked why, Richard shrugged and joked and said, I guess it just wasn't their night. And then he was asked how he felt about himself in the years since. And he said, like, I've always felt I've had no feeling. If you ask me if I'm sorry, no. He also described in detail the experience of strangling someone. And he said, it's not like TV. It takes over three minutes and you have to use a lot of strength. On December 5th, 1991, on the eve of his 50th birthday, Richard, just like his father, died of a heart attack in jail. God, I hope it was a painful one. I'm sure it was, um, because it seemed like they did not get him medical assistance very quickly. Only thing that's going to help me sleep at night is that he had extreme arm pain. Yeah. 
and then just sat there. He's having an arm attack. He's having an arm attack. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Richard sucks a lot. Sweet Lord. Yeah. Um, it's one don't of those times love- where it's like, I don't. I don't think the chair the chair's too quick for you, but it's, now I wish you would have gotten it. Well, that's it. the thing. I'm saying if if it's it's too quick, that's why I don't like it. But I would still prefer it over them enjoying any part of life while these other women don't get to finish theirs right when their life was about to start. Yeah. So yep. that's so fucking good for him that he has his silk panties and his bird and... He's got dudes to blow and yeah. like he's able to get cocaine and listen to his favorite music. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Isn't that great that you swooped in at the last minute and were like, oh, we can't kill him. We have a thing against that. We have a thing against um, killing people that have done horrible fucking things on this earth. Yeah. So uh, just put him in there and, and let him enjoy his life. And if anyone, like if, you know, the death penalty, for I, I realize that there are people that are completely against it, but Richard is a prime case of why it should be an offer because Again, he doesn't care. You don't give he a fuck. He does not care. And, and he I verbally like, said it how multiple can people, times. He in, he's enjoying himself in yeah. there. Yes, he's locked up. But when you just accept it and you get used to it and you find all these little ways around like... Well, it also shows you that the prison system, at least during that time and of course now as well, doesn't work. Yeah, you're not fucking rehabbing anyone. If you look at prison systems in other countries, it's like, yeah, we we try to re- rehabilitate these guys. Like, yeah. We introduce them to things. We give them other options. We, we educate have, yeah. them. Here it's like, there you go. You're put- have fun in that cage with a bunch of fucking murderers and... Uh, yeah, there's like a couple different gangs in here, so try to not get killed by them. Maybe meet up with one, you know, you never know. And then when you get out, you can use all the stuff that they taught you and maybe not get caught next time. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Rehabilitated. Yep. So Aces. I mean, it's it's a it's a I don't want to say it's a good story, but it's a story that shows a lot of breakdowns. Um and it's a story that shows how the fact that the US Supreme Court ruled the death penalty because like a lot of people pointed out, like Ted Bundy would have gotten a life sentence, and he would have tried and tried and tried to get out and out and out and out, and maybe killed someone in jail as well. Like it's and he it's would just have found ways to enjoy his time in there once he was just like, well, fuck, well, I'm not fuck, getting I'm out. Not so doing this, yeah. he would have started blowing dudes yeah. and just having the best time ever too. Yeah. So it's it's an it's an example of why that's not something that like why that choice in in itself should not just be fully pulled off the table agreed and that's why i don't know why these people get to keep fucking breathing when they do something like that Mm -hmm. yeah but and you know i guess the only plus side is is that he didn't live to 2000 to know if he got out and oh yeah he definitely would have grocery store yeah yeah, we wouldn't have known Uh, if only we would have known oh i know i know anyway um yeah richard sucks Ugh. Yeah, so that's the tale of Richard Speck because I forgot to name this episode. So he was here in Chicago. He, was he locked up in Chicago? He was locked up in Illinois. I oh, don't no, think they have a prison specifically oh, like in here the, in yeah. town. Yeah, I, I'm sure Makes it's sense. out further. Outskirts. Yes, but he that's where he killed the girls here. Is that building still here? I didn't look up the building. Well, let's I think see it if is, it is though. and let's walk there and look at it. Yeah, yeah, now that we can't see the um H.H. H. Holmes murder mansion. Yeah. I mean, we can see where it was located, but yeah. Um yeah, I'm sure that because it's a bunch of townhouses, I I don't know if they would have necessarily knocked them down even though some terrible thing happened in it. So um, well, let, yeah, let's just at least see where it was and 
see if there's anything there now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. So fucking interesting to yeah, talk about are, a story. They are still there. About a, they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right. Well. And then go see the place that it yeah, happened. Yeah. <laughs> like we could go look at it like right now. Yeah. It's like when we did. I mean, obviously it's on a much smaller scale. But when we did the south, um, the ice cream murders. Yeah. And of course that's in Stanton. Though we don't need to go there and look at it. We're just familiar with the area But But I mean like we... I definitely like um, right after we did that story, I happened to be in Stanton for work and I like drove past Terry Court and was trying to figure out which actual part of the building yeah. they were in and stuff. So. My parents say they remembered going there. Yeah. I think my mom mentioned You're, it. I think your mom mentioned it. Uh, like, yeah, I remember going there. I'm yeah. not sure Shit. if it would have still been open when you're dad moved in probably not yeah but your mom definitely said yeah, she remembered yeah, going there because she, she said she remembered the decor and i think it was like green and white was the yeah 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 cool. so we'll um we'll go i don't, I don't know if it's a, is it morbid to take a picture of that uh i guess not but no <laughs> yeah. no yeah uh so we're gonna try it's to find relevant we just yeah talked true. about it yeah we're gonna go try to find these uh this townhouse row of townhouses and take a picture and if we don't do that uh we're just gonna go to the zoo yeah because it's free yeah so gonna go look at a lion yep so we're here Maybe for a monkey a monkey we're here for a couple more days and gonna do some more chicago stuff yeah yeah i'm so. not gonna eat one of those hot dogs with a bunch of like no. a salad and peppers and pickles and shit on top of it. Daniel, Not gonna do that. Daniel did try deep dish pizza, which he. I did. Though I think Adam we're gonna do. Um, is not a fan of. I think we might do a Chicago wrap up pod. Oh, I guess we shouldn't talk about that. Yeah. 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 Uh, we were gonna th- maybe do that tomorrow just to talk about our time here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll probably do that tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeppers. Yes. So um, anything else? No, okay. I don't think so uh no anything I, I would say we could just say it on the next pod yeah so uh no cat migraines to tell you guys about today none of so. that none of that <laughs> yeah let's yeah. wrap this shit up okay well we'll see you next week we'll hit them with some uh social, oh, social media um social media is murder podcast on twitter instagram and facebook um you can email us if you'd like at murder podcast at gmail.com uh, if you have a small story or uh, like a smaller story that you'd like me to maybe look into and do an episode on or, you know, any suggestions like that, um, just let us know. And then I think um, I think that's it. Yeah. And I know I said this <laughs> on like our fourth episode, but again, with the shirts, uh, I think we will actually try to get some shirts made mm-hmm. here soon since uh, we got a pretty good response to you putting our bootleg uh shirt homemade up. shirt up yeah i um I, we definitely got a lot of people that yeah that said like they were interested one, so. so that's cool if and you are we'll interested um maybe go ahead and reach out to me so that i can follow up with you once we have the shirts um so that would be yeah. the easiest way maybe i don't know uh but yeah if you want to see an example of kind of what we're going for it's on the instagram so yeah um, and then I have one on my personal Insta- Instagram, which is Miss Dot Murd. So, yepers. Yep. There it is, everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, gonna get back to Shatian now. Chatin. So we'll catch you at the next one. Thanks yep. for listening. Thank you. Peace. Bye.